This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after Arsenal's disappointing 2-2 draw against Fulham in the Premier League match week three. Uh, It felt like for so long Arsenal might have escaped yesterday's game with a victory. However, sadly, uh, just like Arsenal did so many times last season uh, in the final moments, uh, Fulham scored, which sadly uh, cost Arsenal two really important points in the title race and uh, leaves us with plenty of questions. It left supporters with, uh, I think, a lot of debating uh, online yesterday. Uh, I did a little bit of it myself, uh, to be honest. I was kind of sporadically dipping in and out of, of social media and seeing what people were saying. And it wasn't wasn't great, as uh, <laughs> as we can come to expect. And uh, yeah, um, it's always something about when I'm not at games. Like, I, I really do struggle with it now. Like, it's I'm not a superstitious person that badly, but not being at the game and, you know, feeling, you almost feel like you're out of control when you're not there, even though you have no bearing on it whatsoever. But I just feel like being there, I'm always more confident. Um, it's a strange feeling, but uh, I'll hopefully be back uh, for the game against Manchester United. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get things back on track. But there's lots to lots to talk about, lots to discuss from today's game, but uh, yesterday's game, rather. Uh, so let's uh, say good morning to people joining us in the chat box. Uh, StreamYard has, has mugged people off, I'm afraid. So you're going to have to deal with that fact unless I can scroll back and try to find out who was indeed first. Maybe Odorile, uh, good morning to you. Uh, good morning to Arasilki, to Pinuin, to Rob, Matt G., Derek, Stephen, uh, we've got Rich, we've got uh, Louis. Uh, morning to everybody joining us. Jimbo, uh, James, uh, good morning to Tony. Good morning uh, to Trevor. Good morning to who else have we got? Phil. Uh, we see people leaving so many comments back to back. I'm trying to find new names. Gunnar uh, Jake, Esmond. Uh, we've got Barry. Good morning uh, to people. Thank you, everyone, for indeed joining us. It very much uh, is appreciated. Uh, Let's go into the game, shall we, and go through some of the slides. So, Arsenal 
2-2 draw uh, with themselves, apparently, according to this slide. Uh, <laughs> I spent so long this morning in a proper, like, stats hole that... Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, apologies if there's any errors on the slides because I spent so long looking at statistics this morning and kind of looking into different things to kind of argue different points that, uh, yeah, you'll see in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Arsenal's 2-2 draw against Fulham. Um, described it as too many errors and, and too many missed chances. Arsenal finished the game with 19 efforts with 11 of those on goal. Scoring just one um, from open play. Uh, the other, of course, coming from... A penalty, and uh, we kicked off the game with a lineup that had things that people have been calling for. You know, people have asked for Leandro Trossard, including myself, to to play at centre forward. Although that said, I did kind of want Getia to start this one. I felt like momentum was key, and he still found that momentum with his goal in the game as well. Um, but so many, so many vocal people, including myself, were calling for Trossard, and he he didn't have the best of games. We've been calling last season for Arteta to make rotations. Um, we've been calling for Arteta to change things up and learn how to rest players and to use the, the bigger part of his squad. And now we find ourselves criticising Arteta for tweaking too much. It just There's just a sense of contradiction for me uh, in a lot of what is being said around yesterday's game. But we'll go into that and some more. The first goal. Arsenal are record breakers in that they are, I think, the first team to concede a goal within the first minute of a game three times in the same year. Uh, we conceded, of course, the game against Bournemouth, conceded against Southampton. We conceded in this game as well. It needs to stop. It, it absolutely is a problem. And Arsenal just need to be, you know, they're known for starting fast, but starting fast comes with a responsibility of also keeping possession. and they're in a position whereby they need to be alert, switched on, not making silly mistakes, maybe not playing anything too risky in those opening stages. But yeah, it really was, um, again, very frustrating. Uh, fingers appointed, uh, Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's really unfortunate. I think that uh, Pereira gets insanely lucky and fortunate with his finish. I think he's aiming for the far post, trying to chip Ramsdale. He mishits his strike and it ends up curling into the near post. Ramsdale's expecting that. And I think the fact he's mishit it, Wrong-footed Ramsdale. Of course, Bakaya Saka with the pass, complacent. You know, you can't be playing that pass into that position. We'll talk about the uh, position of it a little bit in a bit more detail a little bit later on in the show regarding kind of whether it was to do with the system or whether that was the reason as to why we, we misplaced that pass and how much that played. But I did also want to highlight that we could have lost this game. You know, um, Adama Traore running in behind, beating William Saliba, who nearly, I thought, was going to give away a penalty. I was so sure. Penalty red card out for the Manchester United game. Really silly challenge. I know that he made that challenge against Crystal Palace and we all praised it, but it was in a much better position for him to make that sliding challenge against Palace. And if he'd have got sent off in that moment, it would have been a red card because he was nowhere near the ball in that moment as well. So whilst we have to praise Saliba when he does some fantastic things, I thought it was really, really immature was probably the right word and it's a, a defender who's still quite young and it was impulsive and we were very fortunate that he didn't make contact with Traore and if he did it would have been a red card he would have been missing for the Man United game and we would have been very 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 angry indeed so thank goodness that Ramsdale in that moment saved us from conceding so whilst yes um, I know there's a lot of people pointing the finger at Ramsdale and yeah you know, I, I personally think he's unlucky in that first moment and I personally think that um, the, the shot really does wrong foot um, Ramsdale completely but 
we also have to point the finger when he saves us. And he did that at the end of the game as well, which was really, really important. Um, Kai Havertz wasn't good um, yesterday. You know, I'm certainly one of the, been the first to defend the guy and certainly been, um, you know, writing pieces and looking into Havertz's performances to praise him where I think he deserves to be praised. But yeah, he wasn't good yesterday. Misplaced passes. Um, and I think that when it comes to, you know, these games, I think Arteta did the right thing in taking him off. I didn't have an issue with him starting. I know others did, um, which is fine. You know, we can debate that all live long. And I think we'll come to more of a conclusion a lot further on into the season about what Havertz is uh, and how good of a signing it ends up being. I don't think we can make that conclusion now because I think we've had some mixed displays from him and we need to see more. But you know, misplaced passes. He wasn't in the right position. He, you know, the, the passes out to the wide area. I think it was to Martinelli that was misplaced. The pass he got from Rice that he played backwards. You know, he just wasn't on it at all yesterday. Like I think he was unlucky with that chance that he dived in to try and get. He should have been. He should have gambled more in that cross that flashed across him. If he was gambling at the back post, he would have had an easy goal. Um, and yeah, I think it was just. It's important. I think when you know people think that you're overly defensive of a player, that when they have a bad game, you have to show that you are critical of them. And certainly, Havertz was not was not good yesterday. Um, but his replacement, I thought, was very, very good. Um, Fabio Vieira has he finally arrived at Arsenal? Um, I thought it was a really, really good performance from Fabio Vieira when he came off the bench. Of course, won the penalty. Very unlucky with his shot towards the end of the game. I thought it was a great effort. If there's one thing this guy can do, he can shoot from range. Um, and he's got that He's got that in his locker. And I thought he was uh, explosive. I thought he was demanding the ball. I thought he was confident. Um, and I thought that, you know, if we're going up against a team again, and if I have a choice of playing Fabio Vieira or Havertz in a game, let's say, you know, we've got Everton away from home, maybe. Uh, well, I suppose that's quite a tricky game for us, actually, because of the history we've got. So maybe I would still do Rice Partey, and we'll talk about that with the Man United game in a bit. But I feel as though in a game, if I was to play this game again, you know, and it's easy with the benefit of hindsight, but I feel like I'm more inclined to use Vieira after that game and the form and the confidence that he's got that over Havertz, you know, in a, in a future fixture. Because you have to reward players good form. You have to you know, rewards players for uh, good performances and be a can hold players accountable when they aren't playing as well. And then they have to fight back to get back in the team. So if the, you know, if I could play this game again, based upon that game, we we're playing against a similar opposition to, to Fulham next week at home, I would use Fabio Vieira in the team. So I was very, very impressed with him indeed. That said, who's to say that him coming off the bench isn't, you know, a really good option for us now? You know, is it because he came off the bench partway in the second half and was motivated? Would he have the same impact from the start? I'm not so sure. It's difficult to know. Uh, you can say the same thing about Trossard, you know, has looked good coming off the bench, but started yesterday and didn't look great. So maybe there's a dynamic between when you use players and and should you start certain players? Should you bench certain players? Should you use them from the bench? You know, and Fabio Vieira, I thought, looked really good yesterday. And I thought it was important to, to bring up. Eddie Nketiah continues to score uh, once again, getting on the score sheet. Didn't start the game, of course. And I think for a lot of people, um, as, as I know many people were, very happy that Trossard was starting this game because they'd called for Trossard to start a lot. Now, Eddie has two goals in his opening three games. And also, what's really important about this goal is that it's from the bench. Because one of the big criticisms that we've been talking about, one of the things that we've been saying about Eddie Nketiah is that he doesn't make an impact off the bench. Well, yesterday, he did just that. And that's what he needs to do. He's, he needs to change the conversation from him and Jesus to just talking about him. And, and he did that yesterday with that goal um, by coming off the bench and scoring. And that was really, really important. So 
Against Manchester United, we've got a decision to make because Gabriel Jesus, of course, is back. He came off the bench late on, sure, but he came off the bench. Do you start Jesus against Manchester United? I don't think you do. I think you'd have to start Eddie Nketiah against Manchester United next week. Um, and then you can bring um, Jesus into the fold. But uh, yeah, you've got to hold your hands up and say fair fair play and play to Eddie Nketiah for, for doing what he's doing. That was a really, really important goal. So um and it could have been the difference maker. It could have been the winner. But sadly, that wasn't the case. And from a corner, Arsenal sadly conceded late on after indeed going down to 10 men. Now, for me, I have a little bit of an issue with the um, the, the whole uh, stepping off. Because, you know, I think it was in commentary. It was said that, uh, you know, Arsenal have been completely in control of the game, completely in control of possession and chances when they were chasing a goal. But I have to think, I, I do think there is an argument to be said about the fact that the opposition's mindset also changes. When the when the opposition have something to hold on to, then of course they're going to play in a certain way. And when they're trying to chase a goal or they're trying to get an equaliser or a winner, of course they're going to play in a different way. And so I think that that has to be said, um, you know, as well. I think that has to be pointed out is that the way that Fulham played was going to change after they were after they conceded, even if they went down to 10 men. And so because of that, I think that it's difficult to point the finger and say that Arsenal's approach after we scored was wrong because I think Fulham's approach changed as well. So that has to be taken into, um, for me, it has to be taken into consideration. I don't think we dropped off. I think Fulham attacked more. And I think there is a difference between the two. It might be and look as if Arsenal dropped off more, but there is something to be said about the fact that Fulham wanted to attack more, wanted to have more um, and when we had, you know, when we've had 10 men in games at times where we're chasing things, I remember plenty of games where Arsenal have gone down to 10 men and we've taken the onus just because we've gone down to 10 men. It doesn't mean that you're not going to try and attack to get the goal. If you're losing, you've got to try and chase something. You've got to try and attack. And so that game state changed. So I think there was more than what was needed to be made about the whole Arsenal were dropping off because actually, no, Fulham's game plan changed. And that, for me, was the bigger talking point than saying about Arsenal dropping off. Um, but I do want to talk about the system. And I do want to talk about kind of this this element of Thomas Partey as well and kind of how much of the system is to blame for what happened yesterday. Now, I think that obviously what we're seeing is with Urien Timber injured and with Alexander Zinchenko, I think that's the key one, with Zinchenko not being available there's, I think, a bit of a misconception that the system has drastically changed from last season. I don't think it's drastically changed last season at all. I think there's been changes. But I think to say that we've overhauled the system is a misrepresentation of actually how much has changed. For me, there are two changes. Two changes that have happened. With Zinchenko not being available, the inversion now comes from the right-hand side. So we've swapped the inversion from the left to the right. Not only that, but Xhaka isn't here anymore. So with Xhaka not here anymore, we've got a different player playing uh, in that uh, partnership role with Martin Odegaard. And that has been Kai Havertz in the Premier League. And of course, it was Declan Rice um, against Manchester City. Uh, so for me, I don't think that there has been a hugely different shift in the system. I just think it's a change of two things that have been caused, A, by one player leaving, and B, by the fact that Zinchenko is not available. Now, against Manchester United, I want to see that return. I want to see us revert to Zinchenko being on the left, White being at right back, and us having a you know a midfield structure against Man United with Rice and Partey in there because I think that's the right system and the right formation to use 
against Manchester United. I also think that there is a lot of misconceptions around... Um, oh, my mic's gone weird again. Two seconds. Are we back? I'm hoping we're back. I think we're back. Tell me if we are. Lovely stuff. Um, that's what happens when you use a, a mic with a terrible cable. But um, I think what needs to I think what needs to be talked about more so is the fact that you know this system and the fact that people are saying that well, why can't we just do what we did last season? Like if you stand still. If you stand still, you will eventually start going backwards because the teams around you are getting better. Everything around you is improving. And because of that, you can't just do the same thing you did last season, expect it to be the same outcome. You have to try and evolve as a team. You have to try and get better as a group. And you have to try and improve You know the amount of possession that you've got, the amount of chances that you are creating. And all of those things, I think, leans into Arteta trying something different in terms of build-up, in trying to get control and dominance in games. And you can't say that whilst with 11 men on the field, at least, we haven't been dominant in all the games that we've played. And if it wasn't for some individual errors, we wouldn't have conceded the goals that we've scored, we've, we've conceded. And if it wasn't for some poor finishing, I think we would have scored plenty more goals than we have. And I think that's why the, the title of today's video is too many errors and too many missed chances. Because for me, the biggest problem at the start of this season for me is finishing. And I know that's not for everybody, but for me, I think if we just converted some of the chances that we created, like Saka, uh, Saka should have scored his header for me or at least got it on target. I think Martinelli had two chances yesterday that he should have absolutely been doing better to test Leno with. Instead, he hit his shot straight at Leno in those moments. You know, I think Kivior has a chance right at the end of the game and the ball drops to him. He can do better than he does in that moment. I think that we are Havertz, obviously, with that chance that we talked about before. For me, if we were just better at finishing, you know, the chances that we are creating, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. But very, very close behind and secondary to that for me and very close behind is barely a difference between the two is obviously these individual errors. There's individual errors that are really costing us. And that's not for me a part of the system. And the reason why it's not for me a part of the system is because these aren't, you know, the issue that we saw yesterday with the Saka pass back, that pass in behind that you can see at the bottom of your screen, that one pass there, that's not a case of the system that's not a that's not a consequence of the system for me really it's just a poor pass because Saka plays back passes all the time you can see it in the first two games you know he's playing back passes in those arrows that you can see on your screen against Forest and against Palace into the right position into the right player this isn't you know uncommon for Bukayo Saka whatsoever and in last season he also misplays backward passes as well it's just part and parcel. It's a mistake on Bakaya Saka's part. It's not a, a, a cause of the system in any way, shape or form. He makes bad passes at times, as any player does. And in that moment, he just chose the wrong pass at the wrong time. And we got really unlucky with the fact that um, the Pereira shot just was mishit and completely wrong-footed Ramsdale. And the whole thing about Partey is a really strange one because... I don't really get what I, I get why people think he's not a right back. But for me, he's not playing right back in any way, shape or form. And I wanted to kind of look at the question of Partey is apparently wasted in this system and that we aren't getting the best from Partey in this system. And I'm not sure that that's true. And because I wasn't sure if that was true, this morning I spent some time looking at the statistics of Partey from last season and comparing them to the statistics of this season. Now, last season, 
he adds 61 passes uh, per 90. These are all Premier League stats per 90. And I am well aware of the fact that we've only got three games worth of cases. But if he's being wasted, then he should not be, you know, if he's being wasted, none of these statistics from last season should be worse than the statistics that he's producing this season, if he is, quote, being wasted. So last season, passes 61 per game-ish, 90% pass accuracy. Pass into the final third, 10, 80% pass accuracy. Pass into the box, nearly two, 46.4% pass accuracy. Forward to backward pass ratio, 18 to six and a half. Receive passes, 48.09. Defensive duels, 6.34, 63.7%. Losses, 8.11, 36% of those losses were in his own half. 10.12 recoveries, 1.45 dribbles with 59.1 of those being successful. Now let's take a look at the statistics of Partey for this season, according to Wyscal. He's making 10 more passes than usual than he was last season with an improvement of 3% in accuracy. He's making more passes into the final third by just under four with an improvement of 10% of that pass accuracy. At that position, despite not playing in central midfield, he's playing more passes into the box you know, 1.84 last season, 2.4 this season, with a significant improvement in accuracy, 46.4% last season, 71.4% this season. You know, it's nearly 30%, 25% improvement there in his pass accuracy into the box, and he's playing the passes into the box more frequently as well. Forward to backward pass ratio uh, was slightly better in terms of last season, 17.9 to 6.47 this season, 20.19 per 90. So he's making more forward passes per 90, but he's also making more backward passes playing in that right back position, 9.92 this year. Received passes, he's getting on the ball more, 48.09 to 55.1. Last season, defensive duels, 6.34. This season, 6.84. In terms of the amount of defensive duels, he's winning 63.7% last season, 85% this season. Losses, last season, 8.11. This season, 6.84. And in his own half, he's made 1% better off than he was last season. Recoveries, 10.12 last season. This season, 10.27, slightly better. And dribbles, in terms of what he's doing when he's on the ball, playing in this hybrid role, 1.45 dribbles last season, 2.05 this season. 59% success rate in those dribbles last season, 66.7% this season. Now, these statistics are not for me to say that Partey is better than what he was last season. That's not the argument. And the the fact that people are dismissing these, and I can already see people dismissing them in the chat box, is just, for me an evidential fact of the fact that people just dismiss things if you know they don't fall in line with what they think. And the thing is, is that I'm not suggesting that these stats are saying that, you know, he's a better player in this season. That's not what I'm saying. I'm arguing here that suggestions that Partey is wasted in this new role are wrong because to produce the level of performance that Partey has produced using improvements across all of these different metrics this season, compared to last season, cannot be anything other than evidence against the idea that he is wasted in that position. So for me, that cannot be true, that he is being wasted, or that this system with Partey in this role is a problem. It can't be true with the amount of production and output increase that we've seen across so many different metrics in that role. Now, for me, I think what the problem is overall is that we're still learning the system. 
we're still learning this situation. We're still learning how the players interact with one another. We're still learning how things are going to be different this season compared to last season. And as I said, I don't think there's a massive change in the system from this season to last system. I just think the inversion has switched from one side to the other. I think that Havertz has come in for Xhaka and we're still learning and he's still improving and adjusting to the system as well. But I wanted to also have a look at kind of how Arsenal have changed. You know, we talk about the system being a problem. Well, we had 15 shots, seven on target with 79% possession against Palace. Um, sorry, against Forest. Against Palace, we have 14 shots, three on target target with 54% possession despite the fact we had a red card for the last 20 plus minutes and against Fulham we had 19 shots with 11 on target with 72% possession we deserve to win every single game we've played this season there's no doubt in my mind and there's no argument against that fact Arsenal have deserved to win every single game that they have played this season fact period there isn't an argument there but I think when you look at some of the further statistics compared from last season compared to this season is the new system making Arsenal worse? Again, with the caveat of the fact that there is only three games of Premier League football against Fulham, Palace and Nottingham Forest to be able to look at. One of those games was away at Palace with a red card, which I think does in some way help to balance things out somewhat. But looking at these things from last season to this season, XG, expected goals per 90. Last season, 1.87. This season, 2.24. Possession, last season, 59.17%. This season, 67.53%. Passes last season 522 with an 87.5% accuracy. Passes this season 627 with a 90.8% accuracy. Last season shots 14.11 with a 37.7% accuracy on those. Um, this season 15 shots 42.2%. Uh, accuracy on those, an improvement across all those four metrics. Attacks with shots at the end of those, so these are like attacking opportunities in which end in a shot. 34.58 attacks compared to 38.33 attacks this season. Last season, 24.7% of those attacks ended in shots. This season, 27% of those attacks have ended in shots. And then passes per defensive action. This is basically talking about how many passes you allow your opponent to play in their own defensive part of the field. So it's a kind of a representation of how improvement your pressing is. What you want is this number to be lower because you're allowing less passes for the opponent in their defensive area. Last season, 8.69 PPDA compared to 6.8 this season. So that's an improvement again. Like, there is improvements in this system and there is improvements in what we're doing compared to last season. Now, you can dismiss that and you can dismiss all the statistics and say stats don't mean anything. Stats lie. You can make stats say what they want and whatever. Yeah, I can't have an argument with people like that because it's just impossible to do that. All I can do is suggest that things are not as bad as what people are saying. We are making improvements across multiple areas. Individual players like Partey are improving across multiple areas, playing in that position despite what people think. And the fact that the results and the performance overall have not yet equated to what the numbers are suggesting are, for me, a fact that this is in the short term and that over a longer period of time, we should see a better output. And that at the start of this season, we're doing a little bit of tinkering, a little bit of experimenting, and I think all of those factors have led to where we found ourselves now, which is sadly on the end of two wins and one draw. And in three games that we all know we should have won, three games that we all know we were the better team, and three go three games that we all know ultimately we probably should have scored more goals in. So for me, the meltdown, the chaotic mess that we find ourselves shouting at cameras and things like this after games or in fan cams, I just can't get on board with because I just think there is too much evidence to suggest the things are nowhere near as bad as what some people want to make out that they are. And I think the numbers and the evidence of those games certainly support that theory. Um, so, yeah, 
there you go. That's my argument. That's my thoughts. That's the evidence that I've got to back up my thoughts. I'm not just saying them and spouting them uh, here and there. I'm, you know, talking about what I'm seeing and I'm using the evidence to try and support that as well. And I feel like I've done that. Right. Let's go to part two and your questions for the next five to 10 minutes. I haven't got long because I spent a lot of time monologuing and then I've got to go get breakfast. So uh, let's jump to part two and not waste any more time right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right then, uh, let's jump into the chat box um, and uh, have a look at what we're saying. Um, let's go. Alison says, that's great stats. Uh, we need to support Arteta and the team. It's all about improving. And this is what I'm trying to get across. This isn't me saying that Arsenal are great. Arsenal are perfect. Look at all these things we're doing. Look at all the statistics. They're showing that we're improving because I know from what I'm watching week in, week out, that there are problems. For me, the problems are twofold. One, there's too many defensive errors. Two, we're not being clinical enough in the final third. You solve those two problems, and I think we are absolutely battering teams. It's nothing to do with the system. It's not about going back to playing with like a Xhaka-style player or going back to using an inverted player on the left-hand side. I genuinely think it is just as simple as score more goals, be better, be more clinical. It sounds really simple and obvious, very, very Michael Owen-esque, if you will, but be more clinical and don't make those silly mistakes at the back. Do those two things. And suddenly Arsenal's results significantly change. Um, but I think those statistics should show people and maybe give some context around both what Partey's doing and ultimately what the system is doing as well. Uh, Latvian Guna says, not having a right-back overlapping Saka, do you think it's affecting his effectiveness and our attack fluidity since we invert from right-back and now Saka feels more isolated? What I would say, uh, Latvian Guna, is that I notice Ben White still does overlap a fairly, you know, a fairly frequent amount. I feel like he does support Saka. I feel like the inversion allows White to still get in behind and overlap Saka. But what I think is better is if that we invert on the left-hand side. And so I think that with Alexander Zinchenko coming back into this team, I think that he's absolutely imperative to what we want to do. I think we're better if we invert on the left. And I think that if uh, Zinchenko is available for us in the game against Manchester United, we should be using Zinchenko and going back to Ben White at that right-back position. You know, And this isn't me. The whole idea of this, this show wasn't about saying that this is the way I want things to move forward. This isn't the way I think that we can be the best version of ourselves. I think what we're doing is a necessity because we didn't have Zinchenko. We didn't have Timber. And yeah, I know that Timber and Partey did play in those fullback positions in the first game of the season against Nottingham Forest. And I think that if Arteta had the choice, maybe sometimes you would like to use Partey and Zinchenko together we'll have to wait and see but I do think that we're more 
effective with the team and the players that we've got if we've got the inversion on the left-hand side. And I think that was evident in the fact that we went from a team that was just scraping to try and get into top four to a team that turned into a side that was competing for the title last season. And that was a big thing to do with Zinchenko uh, and his presence and the change of system that we had on that left-hand side. So I think that when I look at what we do last season compared to this season, I think we need to take what we did really well last season, which is obviously the inversion on the left-hand side, and uh, and bring that back with the uh, you know with the player like Zinchenko coming back into the team. Um, Big Gunner says, "Can Arsenal and Arteta do no wrong in your eyes, Tom? You seem to go along with everything and not much disagreement." Um, I think that that would probably suggest that you've not watched too many of these shows because as people in the chat box will tell you, I've been very critical of certain things that we have done. Arteta's substitutions last season were not good enough and frankly cost us a number of games. You know, we should have been better in that regard and we could have been more proactive in certain things. You know, rotation wasn't good enough. We didn't rotate enough and that ultimately led to, sadly, some injuries, I think, happening as well. So I'm assuming that you might be new to the channel BX Gunner and that you've not seen too much of it, but no, uh, that's certainly not the case. And I think that for people that think that there is any other anything other than you know just praise and defense you know I think that comes from more of an agenda maybe against me than anything else because it's easy to ignore the criticisms that I do have when I say them and forget that I've used them it's really easy to jump into a chat box and say that I never do any criticizing because that's just factually not true um MH says, uh, you do know Arteta could have easily kept Eddie and rotate Havertz with Trossard for the starting eleven. I, I do know that. Yeah, certainly possible. But I don't think Trossard's best position is there at the moment. I think gradually he will become a player that could be better in that role. Um, and I think that Havertz has done enough in the first two games of the season to show me that against uh, Fulham at home, I didn't have an issue with Havertz starting that game. If I could play the game again, based upon what I saw, obviously I'd rather, I think, Fabio Vieira actually play in that position. But let's not talk about Trossard from yesterday and think that he was some kind of bastion of positivity because he really wasn't. Uh, Ham says, hi, Tom. Are you worried about the situation with Gabriel? Or are the fans looking into it too much? I'd like to see Gabriel come into the team against Manchester United. I think that's the right way forwards. I think once we have the inversion on the left-hand side, I think that ultimately Gabriel coming back into the team is the right thing to do. You know, White returns to right back, Saliba and Gabriel at centre-back and Zinchenko left-back. And I hope that's with Zinchenko back, the way in which we move forward as a team. I'm hoping that's what we ultimately end up doing. Um, Chunho says, thank you, Tom, for the massive stats analysis despite being on holiday. No problem at all. Um, Phil says, uh, how do you think Kivior did yesterday? I felt like he did okay, but not enough to support our attack on the left. I think he had a really good first half. Um, I think first half has a lot of really good passes. In fact, I think that the second half he played some really nice passes as well. I think maybe he's just a little bit um, not not as noticeable as perhaps some of the other players. I think he did fine, to be honest, Phil, to be fair. Um, let's go to... Uh, Alison uh, says, hit the like button. Thomas made the time to be away over these shows. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate that. Uh, Mud, thank you for your kind comment. Very much appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's only said hit the like button it's not Tom's fault that we drew absolutely um, Jack and my captain says one thing that's bothering me still is the mode switch at certain times of the match we just seem to give up control for no apparent reason instead of playing our football I think that again I kind of highlighted that I think that Fulham's mindset changed once we'd scored the second goal to expect them to just carry on sitting back and not trying to go for another goal I think maybe he's underestimating what they ultimately did but uh yeah, I haven't got an issue with uh, as much as maybe what other people do because I think that Fulham's game plan changed. We just didn't defend the corner well enough. We could have been 3-1 up, you know, and I think we probably should have won 3-2 in the end as well. I was saying, you know, when it went to the nine minutes, I was like, I'd bank on Arsenal to score it. You know, I'm pretty confident that we would. And sadly, we couldn't come through with that. But 
Yeah, it's just a situation that we sadly found ourselves in. Uh, Louis says, Tom, what do you think of the rest performance? Why did he stop the penalty after Saka was all prepped to take it after he already blew the whistle happily with the ball? Phil, it was mind games. Uh, no, I hadn't got an issue yesterday, Louis, with the referee's performance. I've been very critical of referees, but actually I thought he let a lot go yesterday, let the game flow, let the football be played. I didn't have an issue with Tierney, and I usually have a big issue with Paul Tierney, but I didn't in yesterday's game, personally. Uh, Peter says, Tom, I know Fulham's mentality may have changed after we scored, but do you think it intensified due to us scoring while they had a player injured on the floor? And should we have put the ball out? No, I don't think so. I'm never a big fan. It wasn't a head injury. If it was a head injury, then sure. But it wasn't a head injury. Play on. And I'd expect the same thing. If it's not a head injury, the rule is you play on. It's down to the referee's discretion whether he stops the game. If it's a head injury, you stop the game. If the player is that injured, maybe be a bit savvier and then pretend it's your head. That's the issue. That's what I would probably do if I was on the floor to stop the game. But uh, yeah, I, I can't say that we should have stopped the game. You can say it's classless. You can argue it's not the right thing to do. It's not very sporting. But frankly, at the end of the season, when you've lost the result because a referee couldn't make the right VAR call against Brentford, I haven't got much time for sportsmanship at this stage. Uh, Owen says, uh, Tom, whilst I completely trust Arteta, I don't like these changes in the system. The trade-offs are too great. Peppers tried and failed with Silver at left-back. It's no dig at Arteta to say it isn't working. It isn't a dig. And I also think that, you know, Pep came to Arsenal with Silver at left-back and won that game. Uh, Pep also spent the entirety of the first half of last season doing plenty of tinkering with Lewis, Cancelo, Walker, Akanji, Stones, loads of players using in different roles because at the start of the season, it's your time to tweak, to find the find the right system and unit that's going to work for you so that you can then steamroll at the end of the campaign and you're not making drastic changes at the end of the season because you peaked too soon. It's not a dig to say that a system's not working, but I also don't agree with the suggestion that it's not working. And I think the statistics that we've shown in today's show certainly prove the fact that there is no evidence to suggest it is outright not working. And in fact, we are seeing some improvements. And for me, there is just two things that need to improve. Finishing, and the reduction of those to, to zero of those mistakes that we're ultimately making as well. Uh, we are going to end the show there. Uh, sorry for the slightly shorter one as usual. I would go, usually go on longer for these uh, raw reaction shows, but I'm away. But I hope you appreciate the content that's going out. Um, I'll be back to usual tomorrow morning. And then, of course, after the Manchester United game, we'll have a usual longer uh, raw reaction show next weekend. Um, thank you so much, everybody that's listening. Really appreciate your time. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. I'd rather than people going, you know, <laughs> you'd like disagree or whatever. That's fine. You know, you can disagree. But it'd be great if people could come up with some evidence, uh, come up with some arguments uh, in retort to the evidence that I think we provided on the show this morning. It's really easy to say it's not working or, you know, that's not true true or the stats say whatever you want them to say I'd, I'd rather you know we had a better conversation and an explanation regarding different debates and things like that as i've tried to produce for you today on the show so that'd be great uh, do drop a like on the video of course subscribe to the channel if you're new uh, i'll be back with you tomorrow morning have a fantastic day and as always up the arsenal It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.